Hello, Mara. It's Welcome good to be back, back everyone, to our Halloween special um, where we review the movie and the book Carrie by Stephen King. And we're going to talk a little bit about the premise and the characters and the plot and get into kind of the differences. So Donnie, as you know, I'm not a fan of spooky movies or scary movies. No, you are not. I'm not. And I wondered when I I was a little afraid to watch this, but then it really wasn't scary. (laughs) It was kind of a little bit silly. And I wondered why I always thought it was so scary. Is it that we were like kind of when we were younger hearing about these things, it was scarier than it is? Or have we have the movies we have watched now with better cinema cinematography are scarier <laughs> um, with effects and everything because I didn't find it that scary. But now the book was a little bit more vivid and the book was first published in 1974 by Stephen King. And when it first was released, it only sold 13,000 copies in hardback and then a million in paperback in its first year. But since then, they've sold 350 million copies to date. So pretty popular, um, to say the least. I know I think the movie is also something that's very popular. Yeah, the movie came out just two years after the book in 1976. It was directed by Brian De Palma and... It featured a pretty uh, notable cast uh, in the title role of Carrie was Sissy Spacek. It was kind of a career-defining role. She wasn't uh, a major Hollywood star yet, and this kind of put her on the map, so to speak. Starring as her mother is actress uh, Piper Laurie, who kind of came out of retirement for this role. This was her first film role in 15 years, actually. Uh, also, round out the cast include the future Mrs. Steven Spielberg, Amy Irving. One of the very first film roles ever of major star John Travolta, who plays a supporting role in this. Yeah, I was surprised to see him in it. I, I was not expecting to see John Travolta. Yeah, he was not a... This was pre-Saturday Night Fever in Greece. So he was really only known for being on Welcome Back, Cotter. But the movie was a box office success and a critical success. Uh, it actually, in a rarity for horror movies, it earned um, recognition by the Academy Awards uh, with two nominations, Sissy Spacek for Best Actress and Piper Laurie for Supporting Actress. And it has certainly uh, left an indelible mark uh, horror, horror movie uh, history, even if some may not think it's not as horrifying as reputation. So maybe we should recap for anyone who hasn't seen this movie or read this book, that it's a story of a teenager who is bullied by her classmate and her mother is a religious fanatic. She's not really allowed to do anything. When she is asked to the prom, she goes and there is a conspiracy amongst some of the popular girl and a boy that, you know, released pig, pig, pig's blood on her when they are crowned king and queen of the prom. And that is the impetus for her laying destruction amongst the town and the high school students. So that's kind of the premise. I think, Donnie, I don't know if you'd have anything to add. I'm kind of giving it in a nutshell, but she has telekinesis, which means she can move things with her mind and make things work. She kind of uncovers that throughout the story and uses it when people are doing her wrong. Yeah. Would you, would you agree uh, with that very small synopsis? Yes, I, I would. She is kind of a slow burn. She slowly but surely kind of comes into her own with her powers. And and as you see her, read about her uh, using her powers 
to do different things and kind of get back at times. Like, for example, the one scene in the film when after the initial scene, the bullying scene in the uh, in the locker room, when when she's in the principal's office where the principal is going to let her go, he keeps calling her Cassie instead of Carrie. And she gets very annoyed by this and eventually spazzes out and says, it's Carrie, knocks over the uh, the ashtray. <laughs> and we kind of get a glimpse of that in the opening scene in the locker room, which is the same. And I think it opens relatively the same, the book and the movie, with the scene in the locker room when she first gets her period and the girls are throwing, you know, tampons and pads at her. And then when the teacher comes in, you know, the light explodes above them. You know, that's, so those two scenes are very, I think the opening is very similar. What I thought was really amusing in the movie was that the music in the beginning was like so hopeful and, and beautiful. I agree. Like during the shower scene, I'm like, oh, wow. They're really, really kind of fading us in here. Um, and it's not really, you don't get that in the book, right? Like it's a little bit more, I think, graphic. But what I thought was really interesting in the in the beginning of that was that the book, the teacher's name is Miss Desjardins. And in the movie, it's Mrs. Collins. So I don't know why they changed the name for the movies. Maybe Desjardins was kind of too different <laughs> for the movie, but the teacher's name, they completely changed. Although I think her character plays is a pretty, is pretty spot on in the book. You know, she's a blend of empathy for Carrie and disdain for the girls who are bullying her, but trying to walk that line. You know, it's kind of funny. You wouldn't get away with the things she did today is when she smacks the girl in the face <laughs> and, and screams at them. I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, stays pretty true to what she, her character, I thought stayed pretty true besides the name. Yeah. She kind of represents this like hope for Carrie, you know, all throughout both the book and the movie, you have these just these awful things that happen to it, where Carrie just seems to be like let down every step of the way. The teacher, Desjardins or Collins, kind of, you know, represents like a glimmer of hope for Carrie and, you know, someone that is there for her was uh, not completely like there was only one instance that in the principal's office where she says like she wanted to kind of smack Carrie too. It's like, how does she not know about this that's happening, happening to her? She's like a little bit of like tough love there for the most part, very empathetic to Carrie's plights. Yeah. I think one of the things I most liked about the book was the journalistic approach and the alternating points of view. The book was like kind of from the point of view of like you knew what Sue Snell was thinking. Like you kind of knew what Tommy Ross was thinking. You had the news reports and the scientific evidence and <laughs> all of the testimony. And I liked that. And I liked the alternating points of view that, you know, you don't get in the movie, right? Because it, they, it wasn't done like almost what we would call today, like documentary style and cobbling together interviews. It was just really told from the story perspective. It didn't have like a narrator, but I liked that about the book just because I thought maybe it made it less scary to read because it was almost like a scientific police report of what happened. Yeah. I, I do enjoy the book and the film and obviously they differentiate in the, in these regards, but I felt like, I felt like both very effective ways to tell a story. I don't think the way they did it in the book, I don't think that would have worked quite with in a film version, whereas the film version, they tried to 
have a linear style and you kind of get the sense like there was this buildup. Like I mentioned all the, you know, the awful things that happened to her. And, you know, as you're watching it, you're kind of just waiting for the shoe to drop. Like where, when is enough going to be enough? Like how much can this girl get put through? And then, and even before the prom, like, you know, if you didn't know this was a horror movie, you may think like, okay, things are really coming together for her. Sue and Tommy are real nice to her. Like when she gets to the prom, they kind of like, she's accepted by their friends. They even like compliment her dress and that. But obviously, you know, it doesn't quite work out that way because we know about the prank that's about to be pulled. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And when you were talking about like the, the, the buildup, I thought that one of the most effective things the movie did was it went into slow motion when we were waiting for Sue to pull the cord to release the pig's blood. So it kind of kept us suspended there in that moment. And if you hadn't read the book or didn't know what the movie was about, you're probably thinking, is she going to have a moment of redemption and not pull the string? Or is it going to happen and she she's going to give in to the pressure from the gentleman, Billy Nolan, who wants her to do it? Because we get glimpses that she's having her doubts about it, but Billy Nolan's not hearing it. So I like that moment in the movie where we see her like debating whether to pull that spring. And I thought this string and I thought the movie did it really effectively in slow motion. Yeah, it speaks to the the visual aspect that, you know, film films can use and utilize other ways to tell a story and, you know, helps again with the buildup and kind of of causes anxiety as you're kind of like, what's going to happen now? And where you almost get sense of like, come on, get, you know, get it over with. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, I think it's incredibly effective. So one interesting thing, both the book and the film, one of the most memorable characters maybe even more memorable than Carrie herself is her mother, Margaret White, who is portrayed as a religious fanatic. (laughs) So what did you think about her? I thought she was very scary. She reminded me of a character in another like old Disney movie, which was The Watcher in the Woods. And I don't think she was in that, but I could be wrong. But she reminded me of that in that little bit of religious fanatic type of way. You know, of course, like I think closet scenes were equally terrifying in the book and the movie. And the mom was obviously, you know, we see it, it we know it's abuse. You know, she throws her tea at her face. She drags her by her hair to the closet. We see all that. And I I mean, she's definitely like not a character. You're sad to see get her comeuppance in the end. Yeah, because one uh, one thing I thought was uh, was very interesting is yeah how she abuses Carrie and like the one scene out after she comes after Carrie comes home from school, the mother is furious that her daughter has had this normal bodily function that is supposed to happen but apparently in her warped mind it it is because she is sinful and she makes her repeat these verses from the bible over and over and over again and you know just her voice is very like monotone and just repeats it over and over and over again until carrie finally gives way and does it carrie's not a strong-willed character especially not at this point i kind of will just give in, will just give in and not stand up it's very frightening i didn't think about it till now but it makes me wonder in this day of pre-logs and 
post logs and other stories like why somebody hasn't written a story on the mother and how she became what she was. Because we see a lot of those today. The Wicked Witch. How did the Wicked Witch become who she was? We get all these backstories, but no one's really ever written about the mother that I know of or done a movie based on how did she become this kind of religious zealot that had no compassion for her daughter as she tells her repeatedly when we get to the end that she should have killed her when she had the chance. You know, that she had thought about killing her. One, when she was just born, and again, when she was a young child, that she thought about killing her because she thought that she was the result of a terrible act. You know, it's kind of interesting that we don't really know a lot about the mother's backstory and how she became such a the person that she was. But yeah, she was a terrifying character. Yeah, Stephen King, if you're listening, get on the ball there. Right, get on it. Somebody pick it up. We need to yeah. know. <laughs> I'm sure Stephen King is listening. I'm sure he is. And I want but, to talk more about the mother's death, but I, I don't know if we want to jump to the end or talk a little bit more about how we how we get to the end. Yeah, we can talk about how we get to the end. So one of the differences I thought, I said the same thing with Jaws. They kind of leave out what I consider like the most disturbing aspects. Because <laughs> in the book, when they go to kill the pigs, well, one, Chris isn't with them in the book. She's only there in the movie. And it's not a huge pig packing plant. It's a farmer's property. So they kind of depersonalize the pigs in the movie. Because in the book, it's a kind of a small farm. They know the farmer. They know he's going to be mad when he gets home. And the boy, the one boy can't do it. So that scene where they kill the pigs in the book is much more drawn out, I think, and gory, like when they smack it and then they use the blood and they drain the blood from it, which the movie kind of, we know he does it. We see this, the sledgehammer go up in the air, but that's it. And then we flash away. And I said the same thing with Jaws about using the porpoise as bait that they don't do in the movie. I think the movie tends to cut out those pieces that they think are going to really, really offend or upset the moviegoer. Yeah, true. You know, like the pig part is much more graphic in the in the book. Yeah, it's also like the movie. It's just kind of like by the numbers, where essential to the plot, like we know that they're going to use pig blood, right? You know, know they had to get the blood somehow. So it's just kind of like here's the scene, you know, to show us this is what they're doing. This is the prank. It's interesting how Chris's boyfriend Billy in the book is kind of more sadistic and dark, whereas in the movie he's kind of portrayed as kind of like not kind of silly and goofy whatnot. Now, I don't know if maybe that's just they were speaking to John Travolta's talents, like, because he kind of plays a lot of those roles. You know, we do see him smack her around a bit, which is what it just happens. It happens quicker in the movie than in the book. You know, we kind of see him devolve into that violence in the book, but in the movie, it's kind of more sudden. Like we kind of know what we're getting with him when he smacks her in the face, you know, but yeah, it's a little bit more of a goofy guy, but then uh, obviously he's an abuser. You know, we get a better picture of him in the the book. I wonder if it was because he was on Welcome Back Hotter at the time or that, you know, what they think is like, we don't want to, you know, audiences don't want to see Vinnie Barbarino being a a psychopath. (laughs) 
I'm always interested by the music choices because I think I noticed in this one that when something was going to happen, they got that sharp noise like that, like, I don't know. like Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, now we know something's going to happen. Almost like Jaws. I always find that that's really like a tell, which is great because you don't, you know, something's coming, but you're just not sure what it is. Yeah, true. It's kind of uh, remind me a little of uh, Psycho and the show. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. One of the other things that I thought was funny and it and it struck me and I just had to look it up and I never knew this was a parody, but in the movie, when she's saying she sees the mother, right? When they're, when they're in the seat in the school, at one point we hear the mother on the refrain, they're all going to laugh at you. And I don't know if you've picked up on that because it's not in the book anywhere where she says like on a refrain, they're all going to laugh at you. And I don't know if you remember the Adam Sandler title track where it was called they're all gonna laugh at you yeah i do remember hearing about that yeah if you've never heard him say it, you have to look at the ladies like they're all gonna laugh at you i never knew that was a parody from carrie i I thought it was something from the from the water boy but it's actually a parody from carrie and when i heard that i was like i've heard that before why have i heard that before yeah and that's kind of funny because you mentioned uh Back to the mother, again, is that Piper Laurie actually approached her role as something of a dark comedy. And she thought that her that her character was kind of like very over the top, supposed to be somewhat comedic. And, you know, so it's very interesting to look at it that way with that, with that approach. That And it is, yeah, I wouldn't say like her character isn't like gut busting funny, but very intriguing. Oh, you can see her, you can see her character like be this really over the top type. If we talk about what happens at the school, I thought the initial scenes were pretty in line with the movie. We see what happens. We know Tommy Ross gets hit in the head with the bucket and is already kind of dead, which I guess is good for him. Um, (laughs) But I think the vision of her and the scenes of her being covered in blood are pretty similar. What you read in the book and kind of how that scene plays out. And then when she slams the doors and the people get carried, you know, people are screaming. I found it a little bit comedic with the fire hoses. Like they were spraying around and she was like aiming them at people. They were charmed. Like, I don't know why I thought that was funny, but I did. Isn't that terrible? But I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. They, they're kind of snake-like. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. That's kind of funny. You know, but I mean, obviously the seed is terrible. People are being electrocuted and people are screaming. And I do think it's more graphic in the book because when they describe people being electrocuted in the book, you know, it's, it sounds awful. And they don't spend a lot of time lingering on that image in the movie. You know, I think that's, it's pretty, pretty spot on the whole, you know, you know, she's causing destruction. The movie scene kind of uses a lot of like fast cuts in here and there. So doing this whole kind of kaleidoscope thing with, with showing what's people's reactions and different things. Yeah. It was like that split <laughs> screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of a kaleidoscope. That's what, yeah. like. what um, I didn't like after the scene when Carrie goes home to her mother's is that she's looking for her mother, but then she like takes a bath and gets the blood all off her and washes her hair and like puts on her robe, which for me, like just broke it up and elongated what was happening where in the book, she never does any of that. Like she never really takes a break from the carnage (laughs) to clean herself up, right? She's kind of covered in blood until the end. I just don't know why they chose to take, I don't know if it was to give the, the viewer 
a chance to catch their breath by taking that kind of time out and letting her like take a bath and unwind. You don't really get that in the in the book, right? When we when we see her and her mother at the end, you know, she never the mother one doesn't die that way in the book, and Carrie doesn't die with her. And so I don't know if you want to talk about that now, but I thought the way they killed the mother in the movie was incredibly symbolic. True. I felt the same way because obviously with her being a religious fanatic, literally having her crucified certainly as very symbolic and kind of similarities to Jaws like between the book and the movie whereas in the book Carrie just stops her heart mm-hmm. you know just like how in Jaws the book the shark just dies whereas they made the different choice with the movie with the movies like for something much more visual I think Brian De Palma probably felt he had to do. <laughs> yeah, it was a little more vengeful, right? Like she yeah. n- actually nailed her mother to the doorway with kitchen tools and then decides to take her down and carry her over her shoulder, which is like really symbolic, right? To the Bible and True. Christ. And then she goes into the closet with the mother. And then you get that last vision of Jesus on the cross being crucified in the closet, which is where she always had to go, where she goes with the mother in the movie, where in the book, she really kind of kills her mother a little bit more gently. says like, I'm here to kill you and just stops her heart after the mother uh, stabs her in the shoulder with the meat cleaver. So I thought that was very symbolic and very creepy. That to me was the worst part of the movie. Yeah, I thought it was very effective. <laughs> but what was interesting for me at the end is that there was never necessarily like, I mean, that, that the movie was closure right? That, you know, Carrie's dead, the mother's dead. But in the book, you know, Carrie leaves the house and continues to kind of almost still go on her mission. Like they talk about her being like her mother's fiery sword and trying to take out people who have done wrong, but she's bleeding and dying. And then she comes upon Sue Snell. And what I really found interesting in the book was that it's a little bit more supernatural, right? Because we hear the echoes in the book of that everybody knew it was Carrie and Sue Snell had premonitions. Like she just knew something was wrong. At the end of the book, it's almost like, you know, when when you read it, Carrie looks inside Sue and sees all her motivations, right? So she assesses like, was this person going to cause me harm? Was this intentional? And she sees all of Sue's like conflicting emotions, but that she was operating from a good place and spares her and then dies. And Sue feels her dying. So like, that's kind of the end of the book, which I thought was you know, we don't get that in the movie. And the movie ends with Sue Snell's haunted forever by this image and kind of driven mad, where in the book, she's not. She's kind of the only one who gets that, I would say, closure of what happened. Yeah, true. That in the movie, it just kind of has this, you know, the whole destruction. And they wanted to focus on, you know, bringing Carrie and her mother down together. And, you know, maybe that they just felt that, you know, didn't really work with Sue being in there but sue does get her her scene at the end what was interesting is one thing they cut out from the movie is the little part like right at the end where it suggests that there's another little girl with these uh abilities with a with a letter talk someone talking about his niece and her abilities that i thought that was something they could have put in the movie but i think the ending was a lot more effective it became one of the biggest jump scares in 
movie history with Sue bringing the flowers and then Carrie's arm reaching up out of the ground. Yes, that was definitely scary. But I agree, the book ends with a lot of foreshadowing into that there's another child out there who has that telekinesis powers that we're just getting a glimpse into. And so you you begin to wonder, is that child going to be treated the same by their peers? And is she going to use those powers for, I guess, good or evil? But yeah, I thought that the... You know, what they also, I thought, in the movie didn't illustrate as well is that she really destroyed the whole town, right? Like, she just didn't burn down the high school. We don't know how many kids died at the end of the movie, but we know the mother, Sue Snell's mother, gets a phone call and said, no, I wouldn't let her go to all of the funerals. So we know there was quite a few people killed. But in the book, you know, she lights up the whole town. She blows up the gas station. She blows up the can- the like candy store, the five and dime store. And then people are running into the streets and they're being electric where they stand by falling falling power lines. And so the movie, like, you don't get that. You just really get that it's limited to the school and to Chris and Billy and her mom. So I thought that, you know, you don't get the full scope of her destruction (laughs) in in the movie that you do with the book, because really she destroys the entire town. I don't know if that was out of maybe budgetary concerns that they didn't (laughs) want to... have to blow up so much stuff or maybe it was out of storytelling concerns and saying well you look at her her torment a lot of it comes from from the school from the the uh the students who bullied her from the principal who couldn't even get her name right from the one teacher who criticized her because she thought that tommy's poem was beautiful and you know, and then of course the torment from her mother that did they want to like just keep the destruction to those who've harmed her? Like really outside of the school and her mother, the only instance is the uh, the boy on the bike who calls her creepy carry, creepy carry, and she makes him fall down. You know, he you had don't it coming. I didn't feel bad else. about that kid being tossed from his bike. He wasn't dead, he just got a little bruise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, I really, I, I wouldn't say I necessarily enjoyed the, the book did not, I didn't want to read it at night, but then I was running out of time. So I had to, and it did, it didn't, it didn't prevent me from sleeping anywhere near as anywhere, anytime as I thought it would. And the movie kind of, I maybe had it built up so much that it didn't scare me. It was almost, you know, one of those like horror movies that's so so kind of silly that you're like, okay, you know, I'm not really scared. And probably if I'd seen this when I was, you know, a teenager, I probably would be a little bit more frightened. I think that it's not as terrifying as I thought it was. That's not going to, that's not to say I'm going to go out and watch every horror movie and feel the same because I'm not. <laughs> you're so brave, Mara. I am. This was my bravery for Halloween. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, so that is carry the book and carry the movie. Yeah. Do you have any other um, closing comments? I don't know. I'm a big fan of, of both. Carrie, the book was actually one of the first books I ever read for enjoyment. As I've said, I'm more of a movie person than a reader. For years growing up, the only books I read were ones I had to for school. And even them, I didn't really read. I just kind of skimmed through, used the cliff notes. But <laughs> yeah, and Stephen King books were, for, were some of the, 
only ones that I've ever read for enjoyment. Sarah. I think this is the first Stephen King book I've read besides his nonfiction on writing. This is the first, I think, Stephen King book that I've ever, that I've read. Yeah, I've read a couple of um, Carrie and Cujo, Salem's Lot, a few others. <laughs> yeah. So thanks everyone for joining us on this Halloween. And I hope that you're watching some scary movies and maybe this is one of them. Maybe Carrie is one of them. So thanks everyone and keep reading. And keep watching. Thank you.